Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Okay, Boca Podcast listeners, thank you so much for joining in today's episode. And I'm here with really a longtime friend, Jasmine Starr. Thank you for making time for us today, Jasmine. Nathan, it is always an honor. I will do anything for friends. So thank you for having me. Well, it's very kind of you to make the time. We're sitting at a beautiful resort in Phoenix, Arizona, yes, the United are. Conference. Yes. And I got to hear you bring a new presentation here yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Um, talking about branding myths. Yes. And uh, this is just a whole different career path that you've taken as of late. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but I'd love for you to start us off with, this is something we call the aha moment. Maybe there was, there was an experience that made a significant difference in your business. It was kind of a turning point. What would that be? What pops to mind when you think about something like that? I think there are two, but they run parallel to each other. And okay. it was the idea that when I first decided to pursue photography yeah. professionally, and then when I decided to pursue this new venture professionally, I realized that I can make my own rules. Ooh, I, I like realized that like, no matter how other people were doing it and they had carved their own path of success, I think I naively walked into it thinking, okay, this is how it's done and this is how I need to do it. When in all actuality, the best thing that I could have possibly done the whole time was simply to say, okay, I get the game, but I can create my own rules. And that has been the biggest aha moment that has run about a decade apart from each other, which has been incredible. Well, I like that though, that you specify you get the game because it does yes, take understanding absolutely. the game to then create your own rules. Absolutely. But it's not much fun if we don't get to create our own rules. I mean, the whole, the whole point of being an entrepreneur in the first place yes. is that freedom and that flexibility yes. to do what we want. Yes. To actually be your own boss. Absolutely. And uh, so I love that, that realization, the significance of that. How did that actually play out? Can you give a, a practical example of how that played out in your business? Well, you know, in the photography world, there was like this path and thing that you did. Well, you um, made traditional albums and you had a studio and you drove a nice car and you networked with the traditional right. wedding coordinators who were like 55 years old. And right. then all of a sudden I realized that that was a game I couldn't play because I didn't have money. I didn't have experience. I didn't even have a camera. So I realized <laughs> that once I got the camera, the rules were mine to make. And okay. that time there was like this digital renaissance online. And I figured that if I can go direct to my customers, which is before, like at the time, which seems so crazy. Now, when we think about it, there was like these, um, guards at fences and gates of who can come into the wedding world and who could not. And I felt like for me to be able to go direct to prospective brides by way of my blog, by being online, by mm. having like a creative website, mm -hmm. I was able to like basically climb under the fence and be like, ta-da, I'm on the inside. What are you going to do with me now? And I feel like that has just been like a really incredible thing. And then how that plays out later in life, I feel like there's this thing, like people put you in a box of you are a photographer and this is what photographers do and this is how they act and this is their career path and then you have a traditional like business owner this is what you do this is how you carve out your path and this is how it is and I think to myself I'm like what do I want to do every day like what would bring me so much joy and then I create a business around that yeah like yeah no rules full like you're making it you're making it do up you a, do you have a t-shirt that just says rebel on it because I love the, ah! I, there's, this, there's this theme here that like you're you're playing outside the box you like to play outside the box I do it had yeah. been like that since childhood 
it stems probably from growing up like in a really rough and tumble neighborhood, yeah. like no money. My parents are immigrants. My dad, you know, floated from job to job, not because he wasn't great at what he does, but when you're uneducated and, you know, you're commoditized, it's really hard to carve your place in the world. So as a child, I would see that there were rules set for people who come into the country and they have to abide by them. And then all of a sudden, as is being this child watching this and then vowing to herself, yeah. the rules will not apply to me that way. And I think that has played out very well for me over the years. Wow. Uh, I love that. That's a beautiful way to kind of get us started. And it's a wonderful example for our listeners, too, because it's easy, especially because of fear. It's easy to get yes. stuck in the box yes. and remain there and feel like you don't have the kind of flexibility that yes. you're describing. Yes. So I think this is a wonderful inspiration for our listeners. And I appreciate you kind of launching us off with Hey, you know, I talk fast, I think fast, and then we'll get through this podcast fast. So it's good. <laughs> so just really briefly, tell us a little bit about your husband. You got to tell us a little bit about your I dog. Mean, no, I can't Let's talk about personal. my husband because he's so much better than I am, Nathan. <laughs> like your your audience is going to be like, wow, that Jasmine girl's okay. But man, that JD guy, <laughs> he's awesome. You no, guys have been um, married for how long now? We've been married. We celebrated our 12th anniversary. Are you kidding yeah, me? Because I still years. remember seeing yes. your wedding pictures pop up online. Yes, we met shortly after our wedding, a few months after our wedding. Wow. Um, and But we've been together like 21 years. So we're yeah. high school sweethearts. Yeah. Um, I think the role, I'm certain the role that he plays in the business is being like the spine and central nervous system. Mm. And I think on the outside, the business is my name and it's my face. Um, but I lean heavily into knowing like my lane and mm. my lane is being a doer and an executor. And he's just so free to dream and ideate. And I think that we complement each other in a big way. So we are best friends, business partners, but also he's like the foundation of the business. And then we have our grumpy, cantankerous, amazing dog that I'm obsessed right. with. Right. So that's my family. That's my immediate family. And you mentioned he's a dreamer, and honestly, I wouldn't have pictured him as a dreamer. He's so quiet; you right. don't you don't know what's going on in right. there. But that's really interesting. So he he comes up with these ideas and says, yes. "Hey, Jasmine, what about this?" Yes, okay. and the beauty about that is because I mean. You know me, Nathan. I can be a little hard around the edges. Like, I have opinions about opinions, and I will just tell you what's on my mind. And to be with somebody like myself who I know it's probably wrong, but I usually come from a place of no. Like, my knee-jerk answer, sure. answer is always like, no, that won't work. Or, sure. no, this is why it's not for me. Yeah. And I think that he's created to just hear no and be completely ambivalent to the sentiment around it. Like, he comes up with ideas every day. And it's such a great thing because I feel like I'm a filter. So he has like pours all of this uh, like sediment down this big filter. And wow. somewhere in the sediment, there are lumps of gold. Yeah. And every big project, every big thing that I said, I don't think I'm enough or I'm not sure if I can do it or I'm not sure if I can edu like, um, execute. Okay. He will continue to pour the sediment. And all of a sudden, through the filter, the little tiny like lumps of gold and be like, okay, let's see if we can melt this down and make a yeah. nice piece of jewelry. That's kind of just how that the business is. So he is absolutely a dreamer. Wow. Thinks out of the box, like big ideas, ridiculous ideas, terrible ideas. And then every so often. And then you're like, oh, that's actually a like, pretty good idea. We should go for that. Absolutely. <laughs> every good thing in the business has been his idea. I probably shouldn't say that and have it be recorded. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. I love it. Well, you guys certainly are a wonderful example of people who are crazy about each other um, on a, in a romantic sense, obviously, mm -hmm. but, but then respect each other. There seems to be a certain level of independence there that you guys encourage. 
Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing and a, and a wonderful example for Thank romantic you. relationships all over. Thank you. Um, but, but you hear me like if somebody tried to keep me on a short leash, like we would not oh, get along, no. you know? So I it's get it. good. I get it's it. good. One time he had said years ago that our relationship was analogous to an anchor and a kite. And so the anchor, wow. I know, and he's the anchor. Like he keeps us steady. But he's the dreamer. So that's kind of an interesting analogy. Right. right. And so he thinks that the ability of a kite to fly artistically and freely and do the thing that the kite is supposed to do. And he, as the anchor, does the thing that the anchor is supposed to do. We're both in our own roles, but okay. not necessarily that one is grounded and one's flying. We're just in our unique positions doing yeah. the thing that we've been called to do. That's beautiful. I know. That's a wonderful example, too, of how you kind of that, that yin and yang, right? Yes. The, the opposites attract idea, I guess, to, to an extent, but playing off each other's strengths yes. and being comfortable in your own. Yes. But also recognizing the Absolutely. other person's. It's wonderful. Absolutely. That's really, really great. Thanks well, so. you, I, I've known you for a long time as a photographer. Actually, I even knew you before you were a photographer. Yes. Because oh, my I think, God. Because you did. You had just gotten married, and then you yeah. ended up modeling for a workshop that I was attending Okay, modeling years seems ago. like a bit of a stretch, Nathan. Oh, no, you, I just happened to be a girl with a wedding dress. Like, they're like, you, you can fog up a mirror and have a wedding dress? Come here. So, yes. But anyway, yes, that's how we met. But, yeah, and, and then you were in the photography industry yes. for, what, about a decade or so? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I still feel that, you know, on the outside, again, this goes to like the androgynous like ideas that we have about our industry. And some people say, oh, she's not in the industry. And I'm like, well, I'm shooting now more than I was before. And I have my camera now more than I, and I'm more passionate about the things that I'm, I just don't have to respond to singular clients or art directors or magazine editors. And so I feel like it's been kind of like going through puberty, with my business online. Your voice cracking a little bit? Oh, yeah. You know, hair growing in unimentionable places. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, Yeah, like, it's just something, it's growing up. And I have to do it, and I have to, it's just a matter of time. And I think that this this transition has been about, publicly, about a year. But we go back making the transition about, like, two and a half years ago, really making strides and decisions that will put us to where we want to be. But um, within the past year, people... There was a level of resistance, like, wait, what are you doing? Like, mm. are you not a photographer? What are you doing? And we just openly said we were taking a sabbatical for the year, and that's what I wanted to do. I needed a break to explore and see if this new idea would work. And because I don't necessarily fit in a box, like this, you are a photographer because of this. Right. And I was like, but I have a whole business that's based around photography still. Like, yeah. where do I fit in? And I think that's the beauty of it. I don't need to fit in. In fact, I don't want to fit in. I once heard a quote that if you are not the first, then you should be different. And I will never be the first at anything. It's just not like my makeup, but I could definitely be different. And I'm going to lean into that. So if if you were saying people are asking what you're doing, how would you sum that up now? How would you describe it? I empower entrepreneurs to build a brand and market it on social media by having the right things to say, the photos to post and knowing exactly what to do. You've never practiced that before, have you? No. Well, it took me a year to get that down. (laughs) You know, it was a lot of like, well, uh, well, you see, there's there, you know. So, like, twelve months in, I could be like, finally, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, we have that down. (laughs) So, what what was the impetus for the transition, though? Because you, as a photographer, were extremely meticulous about the way that you created your brand. Um, and, and I know you're, you're very transparent as well because you're like behind the scenes. It didn't right, look so right, meticulous. Right, right. But but ultimately, you were meticulous mm. in the way that you created this brand and communicated with your clients, potential clients, um, and also with the photography industry. Mm. And now you've transitioned to this place where you have the opportunity to be able to teach some of these principles to yes. others. Um, what what was the impetus for that transition? Um, well, to be completely candid, we got to a place last year where I felt 
And to the outside world, people wouldn't get it. But I felt like I had cre- uh, reached like a creative ceiling. Okay. And um, it's we come from a very affluent um, area in Southern California, and we were getting paid top dollar to do what we did. And that market is really small. Mm. And I felt like I could only do one of two things, and that's to take on more clients, which I didn't want to do because we had already we were already really busy, and. Um, or like raise my prices and I didn't want to raise my prices because you were already like that 1% and I just felt like it was just too big of a move. And the thing that actually finalized that decision is, um, JD and I had shot a wedding for a girl whose father the year before had won the lottery, a very considerable lottery. And so she had this wedding that I won't go with the overall budget, but just to give you a reference point, her flowers alone were $85,000 for the wedding. Yes. So (laughs) it was just that should, everything was over the top. Sure. And I thought to myself and we were booked, we were commissioned to shoot the wedding and I was very honored. There were lovely people. But at that point, I realized that I was one of, you know, 35 hired hands. Hmm. And I felt like the minute I got to that arena, that it became Interesting. A, a brand. Like you were hiring her because of the thing that she came with. And the thing that she said again is, we need to get this published. We're going to get this published. And because I have this uh. litany of publications, she just... So it, all of a sudden, I felt like the business had become such a thing that I felt like I'm, I can't under-promise and over-deliver anymore. Because people are coming with a set of expectations. And with that price tag and these expectations, I just felt, I turned to JD at the end of the night and I said, if I can't be happy shooting this wedding, when can I be happy? Interesting. And that was just like a thing. And okay. so we just gave ourselves a freedom and we never said, oh, we're leaving the industry. It was just like, we're taking a sabbatical. Sure. We need to come down and we need to get back to our why. Yeah. And it was in the process of our why that we created new things and we had a hell of a lot of fun. And all of a sudden we were like, this is for right now, we're another year on a sabbatical from wedding photography. Whether or not we'll actually go back to the wedding photography industry is one thing, but photography industry will always have my heart. Now, the why, is that what you described a f- few minutes ago? Or what, what is the driving why behind why you do what you do? I feel like I've been called to do something in the world. And that thing, at least at this very moment, is I feel so strongly convicted to empower small business owners to build a business and a life that they love. Okay. I feel like I am uniquely qualified to like break down really like big, seedy business issues and then empower them to be themselves on social media and then say, you know what? This is a bad, trash, crazy idea. This is ridiculous for all intents and purposes, but you know what? I'm going to try it. And I think with the tools that I provide and like the education, it's like they can do it. And being here, you and I are at an event, and to hear people come up to me and say, Jasmine, it's working. That to me is the greatest gift because I know what it feels like to watch a parent take control of their life and then change the family. And when you change a family, you change a neighborhood. When you change a neighborhood, you change a city and a county and a state. And I saw my dad being given the permission to step into who he was, change lives. And I think if I could do that for somebody else, like I've been given the greatest gift. There's nothing like the opportunity to be able to somehow make an impact in someone's life. Absolutely. And Absolutely. even if it's just one person, I've had some individual conversations with, with people here at the, well, at the conference and they were talking about listening to the podcast and the impact that it's making on that, oh, on their lives. So and even just one conversation yes. like that would have been encouraging enough and what feels like kind of an ongoing yeah. experiment in a project that's been it's so very brand new, only yeah. a year long, but having the opportunity to make that kind of impact in people's mm-hmm. lives is so rewarding. Yes. So I can totally understand that, that motivation and, and understanding that why, especially coming from your background, as you described, but you're, you're in a what seems like a really noisy arena in the sense that there are a lot of people talking about how to do branding and how to, how to deal with social media, Instagram in particular. 
Um, I even had a lot of apprehensions being someone who's in charge of marketing for my editing company, mm-hmm. getting involved with social media as archaic as that, that mentality sounds, because I just thought there's so much noise. Mm-hmm. What, what is the thing that photographers do? Or maybe there are a few things that you have in mind that photographers do that kind of cause them to get lost in that noise and how can they change their approach it was oh, when we go back to the start of our conversation, and that is to emulate what is currently being done and shared and said and seen. Interesting. Okay. So you know, as much as as much as there are commonplace practices that seem to get a lot of likes, for example, a lot of engagement, mm-hmm. you, you're suggesting they don't necessarily follow status quo. Well, the people I believe, and like I've yet to be proven wrong, that the people who are getting the most um, like engagement, like let's just standardization of a particular pose, a particular editing style. The reason why those people are really sticking out within that is because they were one of the innovators. They were one of the leaders. They were one of the first to market to do that particular thing. And so when everybody else emulated them, those who led and created first will still get that adoration for doing that thing, which is why innovation is such a big thing on social media. It's being unafraid to test, to try to do be first to market. Like, I don't know when this podcast will go live, but Instagram did an update like a week and a half ago about going live with a friend. And I was just like, I'm diving in. I want to be first. And because I was first, it was a hot mess. Like we made mistakes. We dropped it. We had to have people back (laughs) on. I mean, it was really messy and I freaking loved it. I'm Hmm. just like, I want to make all the mistakes so that I can create content and say, don't make these mistakes, people. Like, because I'm afforded that luxury. I'm afforded to be brazen and be a rebel and be like, I don't care about your opinions about me, which will empower people who are you know, fearful or are extra considerate about, you know, how they're showing, showing, representing their business online. So we talk a lot about brand position on the Boca podcast. And one of the reasons that we do is because you, when you look around the industry, there are a lot of photographers that shoot weddings or they shoot portrait sessions or, or they do a combination of the above or maybe you know, sports or otherwise, but they don't have a very clear brand position. Mm-hmm. What, how is that a detriment to them when it comes to social media and communicating their brand? Because we, we can talk about how to communicate your right. brand effectively, but if, if they're not clear about their brand position to begin with, mm-hmm. is that detrimental or how is that detrimental? How does that affect the content that they create? If people don't know how to talk about their business and what makes their business different, other people will not be able to talk about their business and what makes it different. And Mm. that is like the founding tenement to social media is empowering other people to talk about your business. But if you're not using the right words, if you're not using and honing in on this thing. So for instance, there was a time, not there was a time, makes me sound like I'm so old, but (laughs) I very clearly identified who I wanted to work with. I wanted a very specific bride, a very specific room, a very specific demographic. And a lot of the taglines that I would be using would be lifestyle photography for fabulous people. Whether or not I would really adhere to that type of branding right now in my business, at the time, it worked really, really well. And whether or not people believe they were fabulous, they believe that if they booked me, they would feel fabulous. And so again and again, I had oh, to show... that idea of playing on a feeling that absolutely, you want them to have. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's what a brand is. A brand isn't a website or a business card. A brand is a feeling of how somebody wants to feel when they're in front of your camera, feel as they walk into your store, feel when they eat your brownies. That feeling is what we really need to tap into, but also give people the words to articulate what it is that makes them specifically so different. Interesting. 
So when, when we're talking about a, a brand position, a lot of times the word or the phrase that comes to mind is elevator pitch, right? Yes. And if you ask a photographer for their elevator pitch, a lot of times they're just stumbling around and yes. they finally get to it, then it's like 30 seconds long, yes. 60 and seconds long. and they lost long. the person in the first eight seconds. Right? So yes. do you do you suggest that a brand position be so clear as yours was a second ago that you can be, be able to communicate it in three, four, five I'm seconds? So, I'm glad. It's like you set me up for that like long <laughs> ball. I mean, like really. Yeah. And let me tell you, like, yeah, it sounds pretty like swaggish and I could speak fast and I'm a law school dropout. So anything I say, I can make it sound very like articulate. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like it took me a year to capsulize that. And the biggest advice that I have for people is that when, because when we created Social Curator, it, the idea doesn't exist in the marketplace, at least not that I'm aware of. So you have to kind of educate people on an entirely new idea and a way to navigate social media for their business. And so I spent so much time. So it's this thing and this thing leads to the thing, carry the one times infinity. Yeah. And yeah. it was just freaking confusing. Mm-hmm. So I had to sit down and rework that sentence, walk away from the sentence, update my social media with that sentence, walk away from it. And now I feel like I know who I am. I know what I do. And if I can explain it in the easiest way possible, then people will say that fits for me. I could see a value. I want to invest. And they can make a connection a lot easier because you've been able to communicate it clearly. Yes. If, if, if you can't communicate communicate it clearly, speaking of, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, the 30 to 60 seconds or however long it takes to, to communicate that idea or the brand position, ultimately, like you said, they're lost in the process. Yes. They can't as easily make the connection. They yes. need to be able to make a connection with something that means something yes. to them in order to, to be yes. drawn in. We have that a brand. we have a Rolodex. Oh my going. I'm seriously dating myself. We have a Rolodex in our brain. As yeah. humans, we're hardwired to not listen to the information that doesn't pertain to us, and then get the information that does and catalog it for and it present more or future than ever. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So when you explain it to somebody, that person will either immediately catalog it. If I don't understand it, the brain is hardwired to say, "I don't understand it. I don't want to listen to it." Mm-hmm. So you got to get to the point. And then if you do explain it in such a way that they understand it, they say, "I can use it now." Or huh, maybe I can use it in the future. That's exactly where you want people. I can use it now. I can use it in the future. So when it comes to the photographer, then let's, let's just assume that they've actually clearly established a brand position. Um, they want to jump on social media. We'll, we'll just take Instagram. Uh, they want to jump on Instagram and they want to be able to more effectively communicate their brand, their brand position to their client or potential client. What are a couple of things that you might suggest that they at least consider that they should be thinking about when they're creating content for their, oh. their stream? First and foremost, if you want to use your Instagram account to help build your brand, you need to use your profile as a business card. So there's 150 characters to describe what it is you do, Mm. and you got to nail it down. Like, that's going to be the quickest way that you can look at somebody and something and say, I can use it now, I can use it in the future. And so you want to make sure that there are a few things that you consider. If you have like a physical location, you want to include what that location is around Mm. the world, around the United States. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you actually describe what you do in the easiest way possible. So oftentimes I'll see photographers try to really fancy the word photographer. I'm a purveyor of fine artisanship. It's like, dude, you're wasting so many letters. (laughs) Photographer. (laughs) Heck, photos. You know, So you want to say what it is you do. But then you want to say who it's for. Because when you can carve it out, specifically lifestyle photographer, that's the thing that I do for what? Fun people, driven people, engaged people, people in love, people who are adventurous. And so all of a sudden you're putting out the thing that you ultimately want to attract. And then also include a form of notification. Because not everybody's really good on DM with Instagram. So you want to include how they can... um, 
email you. So on my profile, I will list my email address, and that is at jasminestar.com. But my exit link is actually to one of my programs, which is my social curator. So I'm able to have somebody look at that and say, I can contact Jasmine in one of two ways, at minimum, jasminestar.com or mysocialcurator.com. Hmm. So I'm double dipping those capabilities, again, using as a business card. What would go on a business card should go in your top profile. Attract who you want, carve it out, niche it out, say, I can use it now, I can use it in the future. So instead of trying to be fancy, though, I, I like that you that you mentioned that because I was thinking, do you get do you try to get ultra creative? Not with, with the 150 characters. And it's else? impossible. Yeah, just simple, straightforward. Yes, yes. And, and a, when, all, when all else fails, and I really mean this sincerely, use emojis. People speak emojis specifically really yeah. on social media. So there's a lot that you can say with uh, less characters. Well, it plays on that idea that a picture is worth a thousand words, right? They're right. looking at an image that represents an emotion, and they right. I mean, I I I literally smile. I say smile out loud, but like I'll smile as I'm typing an emoji when I'm sending a text message just because I can empathize with that feeling. Of course. And then, you know, when you get an emoji from somebody who just like slayed it, you're like, dude, you just wrote the entire like yeah. uh, narrative of Les Miserables in an emoji story. Like <laughs> you, you're winning. You're winning at life. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So, so that's, that's the information that they need to include in their profile. Give us just even one idea that they should be considering when they're creating content that, that ultimately is going to accurately communicate their brand effectively. So if they're saying that they are, um, hypothetically, um, a lifestyle photographer for people in love or people who want to have fun, if what you're showing is moody, evocative, dark photos, you're sending a mixed message. If you want to be a lifestyle photographer for couples who want to have fun, every photo if possible the yeah. majority of the photos i say the majority of the photos should be showcasing people who are having fun that is very very difficult but again we must use the copy in captions and in the bio to articulate what people are seeing that is how people stand on an instagram it's not enough to have a beautiful image if you can't really explain the story behind it hmm but this brings us back, though, to that idea of being clear about your, your position, because yeah. you can't be consistent in the content that you're creating to represent that brand if you don't know what your, your brand position is. Right. You've got to clearly establish that first right. in order to create right. that, that feed that accurately reflects Absolutely. the idea. That's good. That's good. That's, I know this is such a loaded topic. Well, um, we, could talk, we could talk for hours. I, and we like really basically. could. We really could. But I know that you're loaded with wonderful information, too. And so I want to send our listeners to places that they can learn more about this. You mentioned Social Curator, and it's just yes. socialcurator.com. It's mysocialcurator.com. Okay. I'm trying to buy socialcurator.com. But we'll personalize it, right? Mysocialcurator.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. And the thing that is going to be really important to articulate to listeners is that it's a monthly social media subscription that basis, basically walks you through what you should be focusing on social media for that month. Okay. So it's all those times where you're like, how am I really using Instagram stories for my business? Am I doing it right? So we break down like what's actually working. And I often hear from my community, my Facebook page is just dead after the Algorithm. So then I created content for how to revive your Facebook page in 30 mm. days. And so every month what you'll get is a series of stock imagery that people can use. Now, obviously for photographers, it's not as applicable. However, there are times when you get into a pinch, right? You're busy, you're editing, or maybe you're not editing if you outsource to photographers. <laughs> Thank um, you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of other stuff. Or maybe, just maybe, you want to sit on the couch and you want to watch Judge Judy and you want to fold your clothes and Judge just say, Judy. "My hey, don't hate on Judge Judy. Don't hate on Judge Judy. I, like I said, I'm a law school dropout. I love Judge 
Judge Judy. And Judge Milian for that fact from the Prolibus People's Court. To watch Judge Judy, yes. yes. <laughs> There's sometimes you just want to say, I want to be present with my family. Yeah. You know, social media is something that you do to grow your business. And so as we work on creating content, hypothetically, for the month of December, we've created a bunch of photos that represent holiday things that are related to your business and not related to your business. What we want social media to do is really capitalize on creating the social element of social media. And so we provide photos. And then if you want to take your own photos, we have photo ideas so that you can really plan your full month of social media content. Okay. We give um, also swipe copy for captions. If you don't know what to say, uh, simply fill in the blank, ad libs. These are great ways to get people talking. So it's photographers are so bad about repeating the same phrase. Oh yes. I'm so blessed for this shoot. <laughs> yes. You know, like <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm to so work excited. With. Yeah. They're so great. Like <laughs> it, it gets really old, really fast. Yeah. And so what we want to do. And this is the gap that we saw in the market. So three parts, copy, photos or photo mm. ideas and an action plan. So you can say, I am doing this thing and I can actually mark the, the differences that I'm seeing in my account. Simple enough. I love it. That's where you help. This is perfect. And then your your website, Jasmine Star, as well. Can they find yes. more information there? Absolutely. Can follow Jasmine what Star, you're doing? Absolutely. In all forms well. of social media on Jasmine Star. Perfect. Thank you, Jasmine. Easy. This Thank has been you, wonderful. Nathan. You're the best. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.